Welcome to episode 25 of Accessible Finance, where we demystify personal financial topics and answer your questions so you leave saying, I get it now. I'm Rachel Johns. And I'm Eric Johns. You forgot it. Yeah, I did. Let's dive in. Let's go. We're going. Roll it. So this client scenario number? Yes. Yes, ma'am. You reading it this time? Um, sure. Let's do it. Okay. Correct me if I'm, or jump in if I miss something. Sure. Okay. So we have a high net worth widow. Let's call her Betty. Great. Betty right. works. So uh, Betty has two kids. Okay. Um, kid number one, she tells us uh, that he plays B-side prop for LSU Rugby. Wow. Sounds like a guy. What are your feelings about that one? The guy's guy. Yeah. Oh, okay. We're going to find out. Um, his major. Yes. Was what, Eric? Debauchery. AKA. Kinesiology. All right. Um, now yeah, Put something on the pack. They ask you, you know. I was gonna say that's how you get to play the rugby. Yeah. Um, the second child, second kiddo, is um, an MIT grad who is currently working at NASA. Yeah. Um, kid number two, the MIT graduate, has three children. Kid number one, a rugby friend, claims to have no children. He says, Yes. And we quote, never underestimate the power of denial. So there's a whole thing done back there. Yeah. Um, so our friend Betty. Um, had kids late in life. Uh, she's currently 70 years old. She has a net worth of $30 million. $5 million of it is tied up in a C-Corp, $20 million is in an LLC. Um, and then the other five is tied up in like bank, house, things like that. Um, $2 million of it is in a taxable brokerage account. Mm -hmm. Okay. She's come to us and expressed that her fears, her biggest concern right now is um, how to avoid taxes. Right. At all phases, but particularly concerned about like estate taxes and, and things like that. Not um, a fan of handing money to the government. Very yeah. few people are. Well, true, true. We can help with that. Um, he has been hospitalized a few times for various illnesses. Um, so where do we start with all of our clients, Eric? Cash flow. Let's dive in. So it's actually not uncommon. You, see, you might be thinking to yourself, this is ridiculous. Like yeah. this woman has what more money than she'll ever possibly need. Million, yeah. yeah. Why is this a big deal? Yeah. Right. So we actually want to talk about it. So th did we talk about her after tax income? What did we, we say? did not yet. 600. Okay. Let's say it's 600K a year. All right. That's what she's making after tax. Again, Correct. All right. Um, we're just going to take that, divide it by 12 and arrive at $50,000 a month. Okay. Um, there's a couple things to note though. Upon examining cash flow, we often, this is not uncommon again to see Credit card interest. Why would you have credit card interest if you have $30 million to your mm -hmm. name? So she does have credit card interest. She does. $2,000 a month of credit card interest on $100,000 of credit card debt. It's not that she does not pay it. It's just that she does not pay it on time. It's also not that she doesn't have the money to pay it either. Absolutely has the money to pay it. Doesn't do it. Mm -hmm. um, does she have an automatic payment set up? No, doesn't want it. Doesn't trust it. Uh, that generation. Right. It's true. And the it's thing okay. Is, you don't have to she trust can the automated. To, correct. But this is... The price you're going to pay for it. Correct. So actually, and another thing that we might talk to about clients like this, and we'll talk about this because we're going to talk about estate planning, is that if she derives um, positive values or happiness from her spending now, it actually behooves her, it benefits her to lower the value of her estate. Mm -hmm. Because as we'll find out in our discussions with her, she's probably not going to really want to give up too many assets right now. And in order to, 
to do most of this estate planning, you have to tuck them away into an irrevocable trust, mm. irrevocable trust, you like to say. I've heard it said both ways, but you- I do not like irrevocable. Oh, oh, you like irrevocable? I do and, like- And I see. And, and most people I speak with say irrevocable. That is just wrong. But you've come to the dark Rachel side. Rachel says objectively incorrect. Yeah, my default right. is now irrevocable. So anyway, Smart we're man. going there. Sorry. Smart that just means man. you tuck it away and you don't get access to it anymore. Yeah. So let's say that's a short- um, yeah. It is an estate planning tool. Um, it is something that- you know, we would discuss and consider. Right. But so we wouldn't be upset if she spent more than $50,000 a month. Uh, mm-hmm. We would just have to discuss, you know, which, which bucket she's going to draw that from and everything else. Correct. Also, I want to clarify, when we say LLC, we're actually talking about a partnership. Mm-hmm. It's a partnership that she has very little to no control over. She's just mm-hmm. getting passive income from it. Right. Because again, uh, as a high net worth heir, a lot of the things that she's deriving income from were things that were in existence long before she arrived. Right. And so one of the things that's kind of important to talk about here is even though some of this estate, this is, this is pretty high, this is going to be some pretty high level estate planning. Yeah. And when we talked to her initially, we talked, we find out that she has a will. It's pretty mm-hmm. basic. Okay. Um, it might've cost a couple hundred dollars and I'm not saying that you get what you pay for all the time, but sometimes you do. In, okay. In, in wills, <laughs> in wills, you probably, do. your, your will should um, probably be more than a page. All right. If, if, you've, if got you've got $30 million in assets and you have a very specific way you want to distribute it, given that one of your sons is essentially Mark Rober for all intents and purposes. I love him. And one of your sons is essentially Chris Farley before, you know. <laughs> like, I love him too, though. But, but with some worse habits, <laughs> if that's at all possible. It's also important too, to note that like what, in working with clients, they have very uh, different ideas as far mm-hmm. as how they want to factor in grandchildren to that as well. Like, Correct. do they want the money to be split straight down the middle and just given to their kids and their kids do what they want? Or do you want to start to parse it out differently based upon the next generation that's there? So would you be more inclined to give more to the child who has the three grandkids or even Correct. some straight to the grandkids? Yeah, th- those are all very you so, know, valid questions to yeah. ask. And so part of what we would do immediately is Talk through what working with an estate attorney would look might look like. What are some things that may be offered by the estate attorney? Right. And then eventually, probably, if they're amenable to some of those ideas or at least hearing them out, we would say, in this case, there's a lot of money on the table. Yeah. Okay, so talking gift tax exemptions, we've talked about this before. Let's call it $13 million at the end of 2025. Mm-hmm. Then it's going to go back to like – it's going to basically be cut in half after adjusting for inflation. So it's going to go back to basically to seven. Yeah. So let's say $14 million is going to go down to seven. All right. So she could exempt 14 mil if she were to die soon. All right. But if not, then it's going to go down to seven. And then and she's paying 40% on the 23 over them. Like we said, you know, she's been hospitalized a few times for various things, but there's nothing no, overwhelmingly you can't, you can't concerning, bank nor should happening, you. Right. Um, but there's no reason to believe that we're talking about a short term, you know, time with Betty. So um we want to expect correct. That. And and we typically tend to um to estimate, you know, a, a life expectancy of ninety, unless right, there's another reason not to. And so, so, so what? So you might say, okay, that's great. Like that's those are some great generalities. What exactly are you talking to Betty about here before you go to the estate yes. attorney? We're going to say things like, hey, look, I don't know how concerned you are about Chris's behaviors and appetite for your dollars because you know he has habits that he needs to fuel to to you know be on his seventh year of undergrad you know and just living there hanging around life. yeah hanging around only eligible for b-side games at this point um but <laughs> what he's 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 living a dream it's not my dream but it's a dream i guess oh. um so anyway this guy's doing just you know delinquent levels of things at all times how how concerned are you there 
Okay. Might you consider a trust just for that purpose? So forget then, forget estate planning. Okay. Forget shielding money from taxes. She might want to trust just so that Chris doesn't get half immediately. So then it does start to become something that can um, prompt thoughts or, or discussions that um, Betty has not really thought about. Right. Um, Betty's all, Betty clearly loves both of her kids and wants to make sure that they both get money and they're well cared for and that they both feel that equitable love. Um, but Betty has expressed concerns to us about the differences between Chris and Mark and the fact that, um, you know, Mark is considering going back to school to get another advanced degree. And Mark is very responsible with his money. And he's, you know, got a very well put together life. And Chris, while the life of the party, right. Um, she's worried and she's, she wants to make sure that he doesn't blow it all on a massive party the second that he does sure. it. So how do you, you know, a lot of conversations would be around how can you make sure that Chris is, uh, sorry. Yes, Chris, yeah, right. Chris is protected and is receiving funds, but maybe at a, um, evenly distributed, even distribution Correct. rate or, or Correct. something that, um, ensures that in her, absence. there are all kinds of ways you can set things right. up with trustees and various trustees to, to act in Chris's best interest. And, and we and, would work with the estate attorney at that point. We would, you can have like discretionary distributions Correct. so that the trustee can decide how much money, whether or not it's a reasonable expense for Chris to go and buy another Ferrari or whatever. Correct. Or if there's like a real expense that would be out of the norm of spending, they could, they could ask. Exactly. Say That's yes. exactly correct. Um, and I, it's important. And, and the, the reason it starts with cash flow is we yeah. need to know, we need to determine how much Betty actually needs for Betty. Correct. How much of this 50 K is just already being funneled to Chris to go and, you know, be spent. Correct. And oftentimes you will see this a lot too. Like when you've got, because we could, might we might be able to tuck it away. Yes. She might be willing to put, you know, the, the estate, tax current the current uh lifetime exclusion away right now as long as she doesn't have to fund Chris as long as that can do it. Correct. And would do, maybe she wants to quantify exactly how much she's been helping to support Chris as opposed to Mark. And mm -hmm. maybe there's been some bad feelings between Mark and Chris about this because Mark knows just how much Chris right. has been being supported. So there's so many um factors that come into play. There are conversations that would be had. They're not always comfortable. We will always try our best to ensure that we cover all of the basics and make sure that we can help guide Betty to right. identifying what she wants and the best way to get there. Um, and then we like to meet with professionals that are in clients' lives mm -hmm. with them to make sure that all of the professionals in your life are on the same page. Correct. So ideally, whether it's an in-person meeting, a meeting on the phone, um, whatever it is, we would be We would like to be there. With for sure. Exactly. We want to participate. Um, and right. while it's also... One of the things that we like to do is educate the next generation. So we yes. would want to, as much as humanly possible, as much as Betty is willing to do it and Chris and uh, Mark are willing to come into the office, we'd like to meet with all of them yeah. and talk them through what good decisions with money look like yeah. and, and what planning you know they should be thinking about. Correct. And I think that that's a huge So like we're, we're talking, so if you look at like retirement planning, for example, yeah. you might think, well, Betty's 70 and you know has She's more than she needs. Yeah. She doesn't, let's say her spending needs is maybe 20K a month. Let's say that that's what she wants to spend. She's got yeah. 50, right? So we can talk about things like annual gifting to mm -hmm. everyone. We could talk about things like lump funding, uh, 529. You can yeah. give five years up front. So 18 times five, you can give in tax year uh, 2024 mm -hmm. with no consequence. You just can't get for the next uh, five, four years, I guess. So you get living in the weeds right now. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. The weeds. He I, loves it. I do. It's, but, it's enjoyable. But the idea is just we can talk yes. through all of the options and we can look to, again, we said Betty's retirement, not so much of an issue. 
Well, we can talk through Mark and Chris's just to make sure they have enough money. Hey, maybe maybe even Chris gets on the books on one of these two companies. He then gets earned income. Yeah. Now he can fund a Roth. Correct. That That's good for him down the line. Maybe Chris becomes motivated by, you know, being able to learn a great skill set. And it's exciting. I mean, it's, it's a really exciting prospect. Alternatively, Betty might find herself in a position where she does not want Chris to have any idea how much she is worth. Sure. Um, so we would involve um the you know the next generation as much or as little as a client would be comfortable doing. Um, but regardless, we would like to at least ensure that the money that Betty is passing on to her kids is well cared for from then on as well. I think one of the primary concerns for a I don't want to say elderly, but adults that are, you know. In their retirement age. Yeah, sure. They they want, I mean, I know I would want this personally, but we see this. They want to know that their kids are going to be provided yeah. for and taken care of. They want to know that they're gonna yeah. that they're gonna handle their legacy well, right? Like that it's not gonna be squandered in years and it's not gonna create more problems than it solves. Correct. Does that make sense? Like if you Correct. hand somebody that has no idea what they're doing, like Upfront, yes. five plus million dollars. Bad things right. could occur. Well, and exactly. It reminds me of all of the like things where they're like, oh, so-and-so won the lottery. And then like the next month, right. like, something terrible happened. Yeah, they eat um, or something. Exactly. And a sudden shift in lifestyle comes with a lot of challenges and difficulties. Yeah. Um, and so oftentimes we'll also see that, um, you know, clients, particularly the high net worth population, um, struggles with where the balance is between like, I want to give them some now while I'm living so I can enjoy it with them or watch them enjoy it while preserving some for them to have after I'm gone. And so trying to figure out how to meet both of those desires um, is also something that, you know, we would work with and talk about. And, um, you know, we would love to help advise mm -hmm. the second generation on, um, you know, just the best ways to ensure the funds are continuing to to grow. Right. And so another thing we talked about, we remember, remember we started with cash flow mm -hmm. and now, and, and that, and that kind of led a little bit into like how we're going to talk about estate planning, how we're going to, how much can we actually give to them now? Cash flow is the hub. This is like the first fundamental building block that we need to regardless make regardless of regardless of your, your level of yeah, dollars exactly. that you have. Right. So we're now going to talk about investment planning. If yeah. you don't actually have a need for more than 20,000 and your investments are spinning out, $60,000, like $600,000 a year and giving you 50000 a month, do they need to be allocated that way? Mm -hmm. Like, what, what? And and again, it's Betty's call and, and her preferences for like security here. So if she really wants fixed income and she really doesn't want to pay the government, then sure, we can stick into muni bonds and call it a day. Sure. Um, but she might be thinking like, hey, you know, I'm thinking – about Mark. I'm thinking about Mark's grandkids. I know yeah. Chris is going to have some kids. He probably already does. Yeah. Who um, may come. They're going to. Yeah. After. They may come back. They may come later. When he, when he, you know, discovers responsibility. Or hopefully it is a later adult. Potentially years. once Betty is no longer with us. Which, right. So the will comes in. Sure. But like, so, so she may want to take some of these dollars, some of yeah. these millions of dollars and, and advocate, at least if they're in the companies or whatever, she, could, she can at least advocate for it. And she said she had 2 million in a broker. She can take yeah. those dollars and put them in, you know, tax advantage investments, Correct. which might look like something, you know, like the, the U S domestic market BTI or something like that mm -hmm. is completely sensible for a, a chunk of these dollars. You wouldn't Correct. dump it all there, but. Um, and in this scenario, Betty really at the end of the day, just wants to make sure that her her cash flow remains something that is sustainable to live on and that the like entirety of the estate remains healthy 
and is something that she can pass on to her kids. Mm -hmm. So in talking to her about investments, she wants to know her money is well cared for. We want to help educate her, but she really is just kind of doesn't really know the differences between all of the different investment types. So being able to explain it to her in a way where she understands like, Option A is this and the benefits are this. Option B is this and the benefits are this. Um, right. Is going to be a really important thing. In the yeah, I mean, her understanding is paramount. Um, the next segment we'd actually jump into with her is insurance planning. Yeah. And you might be thinking, again, so much money. Like, why would you need life insurance? Yeah, well, you need self-insurance. Of, yeah, exactly. So a lot of the a lot of the thought process, again, it, it does, you're right. You could self-insure everything and it depends on Betty's risk tolerance. And yeah. that's a conversation that we would absolutely have. Um, one of the things we find is, you know, life insurance salesmen are no strangers to people with dollars. What they, they want those find dollars. Betty a mile right. away. So it's very likely she might already have been. She might already be in a policy. Yeah. So our idea is, you know, we would want to evaluate that policy, find out if it's actually where she should be, needs to be, or wants to be when it's going to lapse. Because a lot of these policies, you might jump into a universal life policy, yep. a VUL or something, variable universal life policy, and as you age. You can your cash value will start to have to go towards the insurance premiums, mm-hmm. and it will erode, and eventually the policy will just lapse because yeah. there's no longer sufficient cash value to pay for. It. Even if you're paying your level premiums that you had agreed on forever, it will still just lapse at some point unless you dump more premiums in. Anyway, you can roll the policies. Well, you can make the, you can change. This you can, speaks to like something we do with our clients annually is review the insurance policies that they have to make sure that it still meets their needs and that it's still where they need to be. This is no exception for high net worth individuals. Um, So we would certainly be looking at that, but you know, you're also talking about, um, you know, her auto insurance, her home insurance. Um, When you're talking that kind of high net worth, if I get in a car accident with Betty, Oh, we're talking max calm. liability on auto and home, yeah. as well as an umbrella policy. That's And then you might even want commercial liability. It depends on your businesses and what the nature of those right. are. But you want to be covered. Yes. You do not want people that are suing you to be accessing this $30 million of your network. Yes. Right. So you absolutely are going to want umbrella policies. Without a You're doubt. You're going to want probably additional umbrella policies. Yep. Um, and again, with um, this, if you're working with an insurance broker or anything like that um, to buy said insurance policies, that is another thing that we would very much want to participate with clients in. Um, just because, you know, we've talked about it on our podcast before, um, insurance salesmen, for better or worse, make their living on sales of insurance. So right. they're certainly, Solution. yes, um, so they're incentivized to sell you as can. much as possible. And we want to make sure that you get exactly what you need. Um, right. so, so I think a lot of that, to recap, a lot of it, a lot of this boils, boils down to that, having yeah. a conversation with Betty about what she actually wants. Yes. So, and I, I mean, you she would, may not even, and most of the time we'll find that people, clients don't even know what the options are. They right. don't even know how Absolutely to know right. what to want because they don't know. It's like going to a buffet asking what meal you want and you haven't even seen the food. Right. And um, especially if we said that she's not, you know, the managing partner of the LLC partnership yeah. and she's not really running the C-Corp to our knowledge, she might not be all that well-versed in business ventures and enterprises and might really be kind of out of her depth when she's even meeting with the other professionals. Yeah. So when she's meeting with a CPA and a state attorney, this is Sometimes these are the most valuable clients. Like these clients tend to want you, want us or a prof- CFP professional by their side more than, you know, un- others even, yeah. right? Because yeah. first they're going to have the largest need to meet with an estate attorney, Correct. particularly like, you know, high powered ones that are at the top of very tall buildings in downtown, you know, yeah. areas. Like we said, you know, Betty in this situation is somebody who um, is high net worth as a result of 
um, a legacy from Familial parents, grandparents, sure. et cetera. So it's always been taken care of. So there's nothing that she's ever had to learn. It's not that she's not willing to, right. but she hasn't had the opportunity or exposure to it. Right. So, I mean, I will tell you, I personally have no interest in going and trying to buy a car by myself. I would never <laughs> do that. I know myself. I know in a heartbeat. I mean, I don't love it either, to be honest with you. <laughs> It doesn't matter. You are a male. And so when they see you, there's just, there's wow, at least, there it is. I mean, let's be honest. They see me and they're like, yes. Um, so, oh, yeah. but I, <laughs> but I know for a fact that while I may be, or at least try to be well-versed on certain things, um, buying a car is not that. So I would want to bring somebody who's far better at that. Um, and so it's... it's The topics discussed are also yes. just going to be ridiculous. They're so You're going to have people just flinging like, okay, so we're going to think about making Turn. an IDGT, you know, and we're going to have like... you're in the weeds. Oh, yeah. Really, yeah, really yeah. and what are we going to do about this eyelet? Can I get the, um, you know, yeah, they're just going to be... It's hard to because I think that when you're when you're in a room with a bunch of professionals, oftentimes there's this race to sound like the most important person in the room, particularly when you have um, you know, a potential client or a high net worth individual. I'm sure they're no stranger to this, um, the appeasing or the like peacocking, right? Mm -hmm. And so being sure that you're comfortable with somebody who's gonna advocate for your best needs, no matter who else is in the room, right, or what we're looking at is of the utmost importance. Right. And you get to have conversations after the meeting, right? So you guys get to go back Correct. and converse. And you can just say, they can they can ask you then, yeah. hey, so what, what, is, what did that mean? What is an IDGT? Yeah. Like, why am I even thinking about right. that? What's a grat? What's right. a grat? Like, why, what are we talking about here? Exactly. I mean, the goal is like, it's a very hard thing for anybody, I think, to in a room with multiple people be like, what does this, none of this make sense to me? That's an uncomfortable position for anybody to be in. Um, but hopefully, and you know, I, I like to pride ourselves in thinking that we've built a relationship with our clients Correct. where um, they would be very comfortable one-on-one -on -one or in a group setting with us to be like, I, all of that was so over my head. Like, can you please yeah. explain, explain it to it like me? Like, exactly. um, and so that is part of the role that we have. It doesn't, it's not in the services you know, handout or pamphlet that we have for clients. Um, but that's the goal for all of it is to make it very accessible for you. Everything needs to be salient or we're not doing our jobs. Correct. All righty guys. Thanks for listening. Yep. If you have any suggestions as to what you'd like to hear, what kind of scenarios you'd like us to, uh, first, if you like this format, let us yeah. know. Um, if you have any suggestions as to what kind of scenarios you'd want to hear about, or if you want to give us yours anonymously, mm -hmm. um, we'll have, we'll happily call you Bob Linda or any other cartoon family you want. We said we haven't done Homer and Marge yet. So uh, they're on deck. But anyway, email us podcast yeah. at equilibriumfp.com. You can find us at equilibriumfp.com. Yep. And um, thanks for listening. Yeah. Till next time. All righty.